Hi, this is Sharice Kenyon, and you're listening to the Beauty Me podcast, all about beauty beyond the BS. This week's guest is one of the UK's original hair bloggers, master wig maker, Gina Knight. You might know Gina as the wig witch, but if you've been on the internet as long as I have, you'll likely have known her as Natural Bell. That was when she first emerged back in 2008 and she was very into sharing hair content. And since then, Gina has seen the internet and social media change many, many times over. Today, she's really come to cherish her community, the concept of community. I feel like that word has been really taken over by brands these days. But Gina, she really does have that community. She's got over 60,000 followers on her main account on Instagram. And throughout this time, she's managed to ride the wave of constant change. Although I think if you know Gina, she wouldn't ever claim to be a master of social. And I think that's something a lot of us could be feeling right now. If you're someone who creates content for pleasure or profit, you could be finding it really easy. You might be feeling a bit stuck. You might be feeling like you're on a constant hamster wheel of coming up with ideas for content, creating content, promoting that content, and then watching to see if that content works, if your audience can even see it. And let's not forget the algorithm, you know, that bloody word. Everybody's complaining about the algorithm as if they know it personally, as if they know what it is. It's just like become this all seeing thing that can actually change how some people feel about their day. While Gina started out with traditional blogging, today she is also a content creator, a wig maker and alopecia activist. With the likes of fellow hair loss spokesperson Jada Pinkett-Smith inviting Gina onto her ridiculously popular Red Table talk show after that Will Smith and Chris Rock incident. And I think the reason Gina is being called upon to speak and the reason that she is still here when many others I feel in the UK might have dropped off a little and we do discuss that. I think she's here because she started out for the right reasons and I've been planning to have her on the podcast for a really long time. We have met in real life before. I actually featured her back in 2016 on my own blog, although now I just call it a website. And while we're definitely planning to do the usual morning routine, beauty traditions kind of episode that you're probably used to, This time around, we're taking a discussion that started in the DMs into a podcast format. It started with a conversation about a week or so ago. We were both watching a webinar hosted by the British Beauty Council in partnership with Meta, which is, if you're not aware, used to be Facebook. And they also own Instagram, WhatsApp and lots of other apps. Entitled Get Future Ready with Creators, The webinar was geared very much towards how businesses could utilise content creation in the future, both from human influencers and virtual ones. And about halfway through listening, I started to get a few DMs and Gina was one of the people that got in touch. I really wanted to get Gina on just to talk about this, just to find out what she considers to be or hopes to be the future of content for herself, other black creators creators in general and it turned out to be a really enlightening conversation that definitely should be heard I feel like Instagram has become this weird place just even very lately subscriptions are coming in and some people are complaining in their close friends group about why they should pay this person or 
people are just complaining about not being seen or engagement is down and or they're asking people that follow them please go and support my content it's just I feel like it's a messy time so we really wanted to get together and chat but I'm going to leave you to listen now and you'll find out which parts of the webinar really got us thinking but mostly I feel like we're talking about social and content across various platforms and most importantly why it's time to own your content let me know when you're listening tag me on Instagram if you're still on it we met in 2016 back then you were known as natural bell definitely known for your hair looks making your wigs but how long before that were you vlogging blogging so the whole point of my blog in the first place was because I returned to natural so this was in 2008 I started to uh cut off I had I had I was never committed to relaxer let's say so I would go in and out in and out and then the last time I had a relaxer I was like oh you know what let me just like instead of growing this out and then just putting in braids or putting in a weave or whatever let me just see what my hair actually is saying in this day and age as at my big woman self let me see what my hair is saying and I just sort of got into um it was sort of like the beginnings of the natural hair movement so we had not really anyone in the UK, but in America, there was like Taryn Guy, there was Beautiful Brown Baby Doll, and these um, YouTubers and bloggers who were talking about natural hair. These times, it was 2008, there was hardly any products. It was a movement that was built around women with 4C hair, so with very tightly coiled Afro hair, getting us to embrace it and to sharing hacks and tips and all that, all that good stuff that you use the internet for that the internet used to be used for let's say (laughs) community sharing and you know just um growing together that's what I always used to think that a blog or a or a YouTube channel was and it was about regular everyday people you know so in 2008 I started working for Aveda and I was and it was a hairdresser so I was working in the salon and I was also working in the retail bit I progressed through um working there it was like great place to work and I got really into like health and beauty and beauty products and because no people don't really know but Aveda used to sell makeup and if you work there you had to sort of be immersed in everything so that's where I really got my passion for hair and beauty so yeah that and that was uh I started working there uh in around yeah 2008 like quite and quite early on um, I remember it was April 2008. That was my first blog post. It was about Zoe Kravitz and talking about how she had beautiful hair and all this. Da, 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 da. She was wearing her protective styling, even though I don't think we called it back, called it that back then. Um, so yeah, we I was just um, talking about my hair, talking about my hair, my hair growth, what my um, sort of like my ups and downs, and kind of sharing it in very rudimentary kind of um ways back in the day it was very basic there wasn't really much video you would be filming in it filming it like this on your laptop with your little laptop camera and all that stuff so it was very much like yes we were just feeling our way around the whole idea of content creation and I think as early as around maybe 2012 2013 was when I started to sort of see it growing as more of a as more of a business and brands reaching out to you to invite you to events and to um I remember I was quite close with the people at Pure PR that was one of the first PR companies that I really like sort of 
got in contact with me and I was working with and stuff and it was like well, okay so this is like a viable thing like it was a hobby f- for sure but it was something that oh there's people paying attention to this kind of content and seeing the value in it mm-hmm. um and I think that's what sort of kind of flipped it on its head around that around that time um it started to become something that people were looking at as a career something that they could basically make money from and yeah so that's where I started and I I just started with a very simple blog spot blog um (laughs) you know and I was just doing my thing and I think I've sat here and I've watched it evolve from something that initially started off something quite pure and that's turned into a business which most things do and that's not necessarily a bad thing but I think sometimes the essence of that has kind of been skewed or changed or just it's it's just a little bit different now so yeah I think there's been a lot of changes and I've seen them all I've dabbled with them all or tried to and I've learned a lot along the way in regards to what I actually want to give the time of day and what is just not going to be for me and never will be for me. But yeah, as a as I've gone through the years, I've always stayed true to being a hair and beauty content creator through losing my hair, through <laughs> thicker fit, through being 100% on, um, you know, clean beauty brands to then sort of leaving that space because it can be, again, quite a toxic space to yeah. try and work within. Yeah, just sort of like trying to sort of grow and especially as a black content creator because we have it a little bit harder let's say um trying to get our stuff out there trying to be paid on a level trying to have our content consumed the same level as other things who are more uh the beauty standard um as a bald black woman I'm like just here punching away trying trying but yeah, so it's it's a tough one. And the industry as it stands now is very it's a it's a, a strange kind of um crossroads, I guess. I think that's the word I'm looking for. One thing that I love is that you have been there, done it. You know, I can't even remember when I started following you, but I know you've come you've come all the way through. A lot of people have not switched to you know, I, with Instagram in particular, it can feel like every day there's something new you need to learn or, oh, there's guides or there isn't guides or someone's doing a newsletter and now you've got to do more reels and you should really do three a day. And then TikTok, how many, how much time do you want to dedicate? And I've slowly seen some of the OGs fall off because yeah. they just cannot cope. Like you said, it's become a business. And for some, it really did start as a hobby. It was something they loved. They appreciated receiving free products. So they would do like perhaps more real reviews once they've waited a couple of weeks to try it. They would really put so much into it. And now I feel like some people feel like they have to choose. And I definitely think it's a generational thing. You know, I might have a niece or nephew that's got multiple things on the go because it comes so easily. Yeah. What what do you think kept you going to get to this point you know 60,000 on your personal account I think you've got another 12 your wig design you're on TikTok what made you stick with it because like you said you pointed out several things that don't help you be seen honest honestly I think that it's personally due to the fact that I have a passion for advocating and I have a passion for fundamentally black women and 
being able to service my community that's always been my number one thing and as much and that's what keeps me going because there's days where I'm like this is ridiculous this is actually ridiculous I've been doing this uh, since 2008 and as much as you say, oh, you know, you have 60,000 um, followers on Instagram, 60,000 followers on Instagram f- f- since 2008. Oh, yeah. It should be 10 lot. times that. Exactly. It be 10 times and it's that. like, that's not even me blowing my own tune. I, I work very hard. And it's like, for me to still be going, and that is my, that is what has, I've accomplished a lot. I'm not saying I haven't accomplished a lot. But at the end of the day, I've seen my peers and I've seen people who aren't doing what I do sort of go into the stratosphere for reasons and it's like why do I continue why do I continue and that sort of shoehorn for me is the community aspect and the fact that it's never really been about my own gains really it's always been about what can I teach people what do people want to what do people want to learn what do people want to know and how can I do that and for the selfish reasons it's how do I continue to have that sense of community, that sense of um, belonging within my peers because of my background. I was in private foster care. I was raised by a white family. I found it very hard to connect with black women and black girls when I was a teenager. And talking about hair and beauty was what sort of connected us all together. And this is what I talk about in my day-to-day life. I'll have a conversation with someone and it will turn to talking about hair. It will turn to talking about beauty. Literally what I talk about all the time because it's sort of my, I guess it's my crutch. Maybe I should get life. But it's like, (laughs) this is is the thing that I, that sort of bonds me towards my culture towards my um my my health and the people around me it's just what I do and it's what I talk about and that's probably the only thing that's kept me going because if it was to do with monetary um gaining money then that's not it if it was to do with you know notoriety then that's not really it either it's like the only reason that I'm able to sustain myself is because in 2016 I decided to start my own wig business and that's the only reason I'm still able to do what I do in regards to content creation because I wouldn't be able to do that otherwise I would be doing my nine to five like everybody else and you know happily so um but yeah I had to I I would not be I would not have been able for the amount of work that I've put into this sort of platform and this sort of area of you know content the payoff is not great so the fact that I have actually had to try and find a way to make money that's that doesn't compromise what I put out there in regards to my community you know, so I think that's the that's one of the only reasons that I've managed to sustain for so long is by kind of, I guess, sort of working the system and using that sort of platform to build something that is not really anything to do with it. I mean, it all into it all intersects like wigs, hair, you know, it all intersects. And the reason that I even have the wig business in the first place is because I was talking about my hair loss. Yeah. Um so it all intertwines and it all comes in together. But the only reason that's the only thing that is sustainable and that continuously um makes a living for me. And, and I'm not saying it's easy, it's up and down, it's a business, like boy, hey. But um, <laughs> you know, it's a case of if it wasn't for that, I I really don't I don't know how the the younger girls and the content I can I I see where it becomes 
like all about engagement, all about this, all about that. And because I don't rely on this for my um my my how I make my money. Anything I make from content creation is like, yay, thank God. But it's not like, <laughs> you know, oh, I'm not gonna eat. Um that's what I wanted not, to and there's that's what people out there that well, this is actually the case. So yeah. it's almost like such a it's it's hard to where do we find that that realness and then juxtapose it with you know making money. doing what we need to do you know I think you have like two points you raised there I was gonna be just like it's amazing that you get so much from this community like I get it you know you are you're often so open about different things you have been through and I feel like so many women even remotely similar to you will gain from you and I love how you see it as something that you get but I was like I want you to tell me that's almost like a luxury. You must have to be making money somewhere to afford that luxury instead of being a slave to social. So I appreciate you sharing about, you know, the wig business and how it it helps you. But also you mentioned the word service there. And I was like, that's why you can't stop because you do provide a service. So, you know, we were both tuned into an event recently. It was the Meta webinar with British Beauty Council so I'm sure you're always checking out their different webinars and it what was it called the future of the beauty creator or yeah like uh future of content creation or beauty content. yeah it was like the future yeah I think it was more uh geared towards um like business owners and how definitely they how they can work, work with content creators and the future of that um yes. <clears throat> and because I kind of straddle both I could actually see it from both sides. So it was a it was a really interesting um uh webinar, but it it threw up some really worrying, shall we say, oh. um things for the future of especially beauty uh influencer content creators. It was produced by Meta. So I think it was very much geared towards what they envision um, content creation. What they hope. To, yeah, what they hope it will look like in the future to me. and But I've seen it mirrored in other from other um, companies and from other uh, sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for, projections Platform. to the future, okay. you know, because um, like every year they come up with a, you know, what's going on this year, like YouTube mm-hmm. have just come out with a... Um, uh, content creation what is what's happening on YouTube what the gen, what Gen Z want and all this okay. so you know but yeah so it was very geared towards the future which was it was unreal like literally literally um, unreal it's virtual so virtual <laughs> content the idea of the metaverse the the idea that you know we will be seeing a lot more virtual reality content creators literally an interesting thing as well that I found is that it was very much geared towards pro content creators which yes they split creators up didn't they into creators and makers yeah and the creators are I'd say is more like you as in the experience the front-facing opinion you know voice yeah yeah and I felt like makers was almost technical. They were calling yeah. it the craft. And it was like, it felt very technical. But I was like, did they kind of create that phrase to cover the people that are creating virtual influencers? I don't know, because that is. I think they, I think they, they were, they were 
gearing towards quite a lot of, and I see this happening as well, especially with beauty content, is going away from regular people and focusing more on pro artists, especially makeup artists and hairstylists or whatever. And as someone who sort of like straddles the line, like I'm not a pro makeup artist. I'm not even a, I wouldn't even call myself a pro hairdresser, but I have, I run a professional business that creates hair pieces. And, you know, I've been working within the hair and beauty industry for 15 plus years in whatever guise that is from management to front of house, you know? So it's like, I I see that the I see the benefit of um the professional um and I'm always telling all my pro friends to like get online do this do that you know you you've got it here you know what you're talking about blah 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 but it's like sometimes I think it's all very well being a professional but if you lack the knowledge to be able to um to to communicate with your with your audience and to empathize with your audience you know it you kind of lose it there are some amazing people out there who can do both 100% but it's almost like even in that webinar I felt like the content creator or influencer which they really didn't want to use that term um, was kind of looked down upon and it's like you know it was more geared towards professionals these people know what they're talking about like beauty Mm -hmm. content creators the ones who sell the products because when it comes down to it it's us who create this content and these, you know, these viral moments, it's the people who are purchasing and using and, you know, and have these platforms who are making it happen. It's like, I don't see how we can completely dismiss the everyman, you know what I mean? Because that is the whole, where this, this sheen of professionalism that has come over, not necessarily TikTok, because TikTok is still has that essence of on the fly. It has that essence yeah. of let me just try this. Let me just show you something. You know? Yeah. It's rough. It's ready. It's not necessarily like perfect backgrounds. It's not perfect um execution. But I feel like that's where Reels Reels is trying to be TikTok, but it's too Bless. polished. Like it's too, it's like, you know. Yeah, it's just like it's got no source kind of thing. It's just like very and I'm and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I quite like the fact that Instagram is very much for your community. That's what I find what I think of Instagram is Instagram is where you fortify your community. It's where you build your community, it's where you connect and where you talk. When this is why it really irks me about engagement, because I have gained 60k followers over that many years a lot of my followers wanted to follow me it's like that is the whole reason and then they don't see my content and I get how TikTok works I like how TikTok works as well TikTok is about the next the next the next the next you know it's about virality it's about seeing you know um you I follow so many people on TikTok but I never see them again like, you know, I'll see, I'll, I stick on the, the FYP and I'm like, swipe, swipe, swipe. Oh, that's funny. Oh, I'll follow that person. Swipe, look, look, look at a bit of their content. And then I never, I can never find them again unless they pop up again on my FYP. So you're on TikTok. You're only as good as your last TikTok, you know, um, where, I, and that's good for, you know, getting people over to your Instagram or over to your YouTube where you actually produce content that sticks and I think that 
Instagram is forgetting that element and what is it what and that's their that's their point of difference but they it's like they don't care they're too busy copying everyone without being what Instagram is Instagram it's like it's supposed to be a place where we instantly produce things for our communities for our friends for the people that we know and regardless of whether you have 60k followers or 6,000 followers or 60 followers that's what you go to Instagram for you go to show what you're doing and to get that feedback but it's like Instagram doesn't show anyone our stuff and it's like the the FYP situation doesn't work on Instagram it just doesn't work because that's not what people go to explore when I go to Instagram I go to the people that I know I go every day to check out the people that I follow because I'm connected to them like I follow them for a reason it's like when as I I follow a lot of people but there are a few that I will go back and I'll check out what she's doing check out what she's doing and that's what I do and I'm sure that people do that with me but it's like I find that Instagram doesn't is it's in a like a very much in a having a midlife crisis because it really really doesn't know what it wants to be what it it wants to do wants a new sports car i.e it wants to be tiktok but it's like you we're millennials and or zennials even and we don't want that kind of we don't want that but people are switching over to tiktok and it's like and i've done the same i've switched over to tiktok um like i hate it there um, <laughs> but you're doing all right i love like you're just sharing yeah that's the thing or... that's this is the one thing that i'm quite I like about me personally on TikTok is that I don't care. Like I will just post whatever. I'm just like post, 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 post. Yeah, do that. Don't care. Don't care. Don't care. I literally just test out things and just do what I want to do. And that's kind of very freeing, especially in a, it's not like I, I'm not honest on my Instagram because I am, but I, I, I've niched, I've niched down to the point where I only talk about, you know, alopecia, hair loss and how it pertains to me with a little bit of my life sprinkled in like mm. that's what I do I, I'm very conscious you, of so. not oversharing too much of anything that's not outside of my um my niche and I try and always bring it back to that so even when I'm fanning about with my or in my underwear I'm literally <laughs> like but I'm building my confidence guys so it's like you know <laughs> there's always there's always a reason there's always a point with TikTok there's no reason there's no point there's no point I'm which just, is, which like, is the point <laughs> no, one cares. no one cares if people exactly. say it, they no one cares. They, don't, they don't and I think like and that's cool that's TikTok that's always been what TikTok's been about but that's not Instagram and it's like you need to they need to find their that that essence that makes it them as opposed because reels is I, I know the in the webinar they're saying that you know reels has had the biggest growth and it's this is that but it's like you would say that babes like yeah. how is it though and yeah. it's like old content it's like it, you can tell because you will scroll and you will see the same thing over and over again or things that you saw like three four weeks ago on tiktok is now filtered its way down to the the zennials on um instagram and they're slowly yeah. doing the dance moves and stuff but it's like uh... oh we're so cringe and it's like and it's me it's me it's totally me but it's like <laughs> oh like we need to use sometimes you just need to leave it to the kids and like stay in your lane 
um, because we're not dead. I feel like everyone's gearing everything towards Gen Z, Gen Z, Gen Z, which is amazing. We love Gen Z. Have Gen Z kids. Great. But it's like we are st- we still exist and we still want to consume content in the way that we are comfortable consuming content. But this like non-thinking virality, like the reason that the f- seven second videos do well is because it doesn't give you time to process anything. And that's what we, that's what they want. They don't want us to process anything. They want us to continuously scroll and continuously be influenced in the, those first seven seconds and keep it moving. You know, they want to like get their message across to the point where it becomes just second nature and they want us to buy stuff. Like, oh, that- well, that's what really came through for me. The webinar in my head, I was like, Instagram's going to be QVC. I can see it. I can see myself scrolling and it's just going to be people selling me stuff. Yes, it might be in their bedroom or their nice studio or like, you know, there's someone that's gone all out. But I just feel that it's just going to be sales. And I'm like, I feel like Instagram switches its tone. Because it's it may have made money from reels or whatever, but I feel overall it is losing. It's owned by you know Meta, formerly Facebook. Facebook was losing money for ages. So for me, it's like they went through this phase of supporting creators. And I think perhaps there was the height of that during the pandemic. They're really supporting creators with different tools. And now they're like bringing in the immersive images which basically cuts out a ton of photographers that are very used to working this, you know, in a specific size, shapes. And now everything's going to be 16 by nine and same as a video. It's yeah. going to fill your phone. So I'm like, well, that's not really supporting creators. Cause if you want to support creators, you would be like, we've just unveiled 10 new shapes, like to just allow everyone to express their art in different ways. Then there's think- also the performing side. Yeah. I think, as well it's almost like where what like where do I feel really sorry for like photographers and you know people who create static imagery because what where are we what are we what are you supposed to do with a reel when my whole point is photography you know it's like it's all very well like having the odd sort of BTS but at the end of the day they want you creating reel after reel after reel and that doesn't really work for everybody. It's like I have I personally create a lot of carousels. So I will create a lot of factual information that needs to be processed and scrolled across and whatever. So me um, creating a what now it's like one and a half minutes. I can't get everything into one and a half minutes. So that. Um, but my my um, carousels no longer get reach. So it's all about, it's like, yeah, it's shareable, but you're not showing it to anyone to share. So it's like, they just, they sort of like cut you off at every angle, even when you're sort of trying to play their game. It's like, I don't, I just don't understand what they are trying to create here because it's not in favor of the creators. It's simply not. If it was in favor of the creators, then you'd let our content be seen by our followers. Like it's, it's quite simple. It's really quite simple. It's like, (laughs) that's all we wanted. And you gave us that dastardly following um, bit where you Uh, can go and change, but no one does that. No one go, I, no one, no one does that. Because you want, you want to, you just, 
You just want to do it the way you, you want to do it. it. You want it to be easy. They know now that we're so automatic. It's so ingrained in our mind that you open the app and you scroll. So for it to start, not to start on the following was a major, like, of course, they're going to do that kind of thing because they want you to see ads and they want you to see who they want you to see, basically. And it's like the algorithm is trash. It does not work. Like the amount of nonsense that I see is just like three second videos of someone's coffee and it's like got 30, <laughs> 30 300,000 likes. And, you know, it's just... 1.5 million views and I'm like yes that's in- engagement I feel like you know you mentioned the seven second videos it's like is that what they're selling to brands now like we have this much engagement because we've cut things down so short I can be on stories and I can easily see three ads in a row before I get to somebody that I actually follow so I feel like they they are really discounting us as being like really not engaged do you know what I mean I feel they're, like they are they're, they're, relying yeah, on us they're saying that being... we're not engaged and they're also like yeah taking away from the reason that people go on the app in the first we don't go on Instagram to see ads we don't go on Instagram we go on shopping. Instagram to see girls wearing cute clothes so we can buy the cute clothes but we don't go on Instagram just to go to where the cute clothes are it's as simple as that we just don't I was like the advertisers like, like the brands can continuously keep producing content and you know but I'm still gonna be more inclined to try a new lipstick because such and such look banging in it than that so I I, it's like you're shooting yourself in the foot because you're making it very you're making the app great for businesses you're making it wonderful for businesses not small businesses but you're making it great for businesses who have money to spend with you so but in the end you're just going to have an app that's very curated that's very like unauthentic and that no one really wants to go to because it feels salesy and when when we go back to the, when I was st- started doing um, content creation or blogging or whatever, it was literally rudiment. It was literally like so basic. And the more we move away from that, as much as I think it's great that the, the production levels is like, oh my God, this is amazing. But technically now, even if you are just a regular girl, you have to have a, such a high quality of content that you how do you sustain that how do you continue that how do you how is that relatable to people I don't find that relatable it's like they've got it's gone from just having good lighting to having like studio lighting and you know effects and like I was out today and I saw a girl literally making some content um in town like literally in the middle of town with a lighting um, with lighting and a, a, a tripod and all this stuff and I was like she was what like 17 something like that and I was like good on you like you have no fear like you're just literally like just dancing and I'm like okay girl um, <laughs> but it's like the, the production level that we that they need is almost like it's crazy and when you go on the um, the explore page or when you press the little reels button like it's the same style of content that you're seeing throughout right it's very aesthetic Absolutely. it's very like you know um it's very that girl it's very clean girl it's like there's no sort of difference and then and I'm like and I think I have been on that app long enough to the algorithm should really know what I want to see by now oh my and gosh. 
I'm still seeing that same vibe, like, and that's not my vibe. Like, I'm not particularly like, oh, everything has to be so perfect and great. But it's like, that's all you see on Instagram is like perfection. But when you go onto um, uh, TikTok, it's like, you'll see like a proper shaky Android um, kind of video. You'll see like a fight. Then you'll, see, oh, then you'll see like something a little bit more, you know, you'll just see so much stuff and you'll see like lots of fandom and, you know, individual things. I find that on um, on TikTok, you're, you're more likely to see so much more individualistic things that, cater to you personally because the algorithm is so intuitive um or it was I find that it's sort of going a bit lately mm. but mm. um that's what made it so scrollable because you would go onto TikTok and it's like in it, it you'd like a few videos and then it would constantly show you not only what you've liked but what it thinks you might like and actually get it right so you yeah. just sort of be on there for hours and it's like, it's terrible. Like we shouldn't be on there for hours, but <laughs> we are. Um, and Instagram is just, the only reason I'm even on Instagram is because it's part of my job because it's mm. so, it's such an un- unenjoyable app at the moment. It's so, if, because I follow so many content creators and as a, as a consumer of the app, so I, I I go in there with my content creation head on and I'm like, I do my stuff. And then I go in there with my personal head on and it's just people complaining about the algorithm, people complaining about engagement and very fairly and rightly so. But it's boring for our followers to have to listen to us complain about the algorithm constantly and complain about engagement constantly and begging them to like our ads. When in fact, Instagram could fix that by showing them our content. So we wouldn't have to show me who I'm people. following. That's, that's, I chose to follow 700 people. I don't, I don't want to be explorable. I would rather you show my 60K people my content. I'd rather that than you put me on the explore page because what is that doing for me? Who goes there? No one goes there. No one goes to the explore page. You yes. go there by mistake. Pretty yeah, much. exactly. Because exactly. <laughs> you want to search don't for a go, friend or something. You just go for bands. Like, what are we going it's Not a destination. <laughs> And that's the thing, Instagram is Instagram in itself is not a destination. Like you said, I don't go to Instagram because I want to shop. I go to Instagram maybe because I want to see one of my favorite YouTubers because he does a mini version of the makeup look on his Instagram. And maybe I'll be tempted to check out the products and maybe I'll buy something. That's how you get me. You're not going to get me any other way. I don't need to see brand ads. I, I, I just don't need to. But I find with Instagram, they predicted $60 billion. Did they say it was worth $60 billion? $60 billion content creation. And I'm just like, how many of those billions are coming from human beings? Because they heavily pushed virtual influencers. And I was like, let me just remove my way of thinking. Let me take some chunks off my age. And let me think, am I going to want to watch someone that does not have real skin, real pores, wrinkles, real hair, feelings, emotions. Yeah. yeah. Am I going to watch them and buy something? (laughs) Yeah. Because to go back to that, like, because I think we sort of like went off on a bit of a tangent. Mm. The whole whole point of the, the thing that irked us personally from the webinar was this 
and and they didn't say now, but the very near future, that virtual influencers are going to be a huge thing. And we're already seeing that now. And I think the success of that has kind of been a novelty. Like, it's a novelty. It's like, oh, wow. Like, you know, I've on TikTok, I follow this, like, Barbie. She, and I love Barbie. Like, Barbie's amazing. But this, like, <laughs> fake Barbie who sort of, like, does all, does normal teenager stuff I guess like she's it's like she's a TikToker but she's a Barbie and I'm like okay that's awesome like I'm here for it it's cool but what the webinar kind of looked felt like it was doing was saying that this would become more of the norm for brands to create Create their their own influencer um which I just find like why would a brand want to well, I know why they want to do that. It's but why, how would that? <laughs> how would that even, you know, translate to the customer? I was like, I personally, I'm not going to buy something because I've seen it on a computerized person. It's just not going to happen. Like, I can understand maybe fashion, but beauty, skincare, on an Android. How are like, they going to show a before and after? <laughs> Like I just yeah I don't I just don't understand like how the AI is really going to work because it doesn't really make much sense to me how this this is the future like you know um, virtual kind of influencers and you know the way they're like creating beauty looks and making it sound yeah really interesting but also but what to what end to what purpose like you know um nail design but it's all computer generated I'm like aren't we aren't we haven't we spent the last what five or six years being real and trying to find representation within the beauty industry and steering away from over um you know over editing and and doing and perfecting and doing all this thing to now go to the absolute extreme of just fake people like just, just fake people just like computer generated people and as much as some of these like you know I just don't see how it's going to work within the sphere of uh beauty like how is that and it just sort of a a bit of a a slap in the face for content creators and the work that we do um because if we can just so easily be replaced by a computer generated you know beauty influencer it's like and that will be the norm I'm like, where, so what, am I just going to have to like go get a new sort of degree in animation now? Because <laughs> yeah, you at, said at that point, like, or, or what am I creators, They had two creators on that day, didn't they? And I was like, do you know that you might like not be seen as much if you, if these virtual influencers come along? Because they were two very real, very talented people. And I was just like, is this, you know, you mentioned midlife crisis and part of me is really wondering, is this just a midlife crisis for Instagram? Is this nearly the end of Instagram? And it's a last attempt to keep the money coming in for the investors because I listened to a podcast recently. It's Amanda Seals. She's like the comedian and Mm -hmm. she had on Morgan DeBorn and she's the founder of like Afrotech, Blavity, Blavity. And she was like, Instagram's dead and I was like whoa she she literally just like she's like you know right Instagram is dead she's and she talked about the other side of the future which is NFTs and things like that like 
she didn't really speak on beauty and whatever because that's not her focus but she was so matter of fact she's like Instagram is dead and part of me was like it's actually quite um, freeing because Instagram has made us feel so hemmed in it's like well you need to now be able to do this this and this to post and like you said I hate that I feel bad that we're just comparing Instagram with TikTok but but it's really that's the main competition right now Facebook is ugh it's been the Auntie, Facebook is auntie awful. Talk, auntie talk. Yeah, but now <laughs> I feel like Instagram is the auntie. I feel like Instagram is the jealous auntie that's always trying to keep up with the trends and just yeah. cannot sustain. Um, <laughs> no, but let's try it. Try it. Let's try and end on a positive point. I mean, what do you want to see as the future of beauty content for you, black woman living in the UK who loves to create because it's a service? What do you want to see? I think it's just time, I don't know how, so there's that, but I think it's time to take control of our content and sort of take it off of these apps and go, like, genuinely go back to blogs hard, like, go back to blogs, like, properly hard, because at least even though that and I, and when I say blogs I mean like even not even through a, a blog sphere or a WordPress or anything like that like your own website because 100%. taking ownership of our content is the only way that we're gonna be free from this sort of of these companies like controlling our every move and our engagement and all that stuff and I think that's the only that's the only real way to really be you know out there and I think if you're good with video and if you like the video aspect, then go to YouTube because YouTube actually cares about their content creators, like their content creator um, programs and everything are amazing. And you will make money there and you will be successful there. And because you, and you know why we've been that people have been successful on YouTube is because YouTube stayed YouTube. Like it, it barely you. like it's it's like creating its little like real sort of. Sort of. oh the shorts yeah but yeah, you can like, kind of like you don't have to do them yeah exactly but it's like you know YouTube stayed YouTube people and and guess what people still go to YouTube you know Pinterest stayed Pinterest and people still stay, go to Pinterest it's this they they have put the nails in their own coffin Instagram I believe and I think it's just and I was like it's it's there we've put in so much effort and it feels very like it's heartbreaking to have to sort of let go of the expectations that, from the app and the things that the app can do for you now because we've worked so bloody hard on it. But it's just time to, which I've been saying for a very long time. Me too. And, I tell then, all my clients, please have your own website. And exactly. And then, the pa- and then the pandemic hits and you're like, oh my God. And, and I think that's the issue. Like, Lots of people were doing their bits before the pandemic. I personally was doing in real life events. I was doing my workshops for, um, you know, wig making and stuff like that. I was trying to do very much in person, in person, take things offline and be actually immersed in community because that's what I'm about. I'm about community. Um, So when it came to the point where the pandemic hit and then we had that we had that fake surge in social media. We had that fake, like, everyone's online. Everyone's, oh our engagement is amazing. We're this, we're that. Like, uh, there was there was a rise in social justice. There's a rise in all these things. And then the pandemic has tailed off. It's still, we're still in the pandemic, but it's tailed off. 
And so has that burst of energy, that last burst, I would say, of energy in that whole area. I feel like that was its kind of renaissance, maybe. And now it's just like on its last legs kind of thing. And I think that, you know, we need to get back to where we were just pre-pandemic, where we were trying to take things offline and we were trying to be more when we say immersive, be immersive in actual, the real world. Now it's also tentative and we're all a bit scared of like taking things to that next level because, you know, it all comes back to, we still need social media. Even when we take things offline, if we say we're going to bring out a book or we're going to do this, like, you know, yeah, but we still need social media to do these things. Mm. But I just think we need to get it into our heads that, we don't have ownership of this. Instagram could go bust tomorrow and then where's all our content? Like, where's all your stuff? Like, you know, where are you holding? Like, you that's li- literally it. All your content is on this app that you don't own. And that's, scary. that's a scary <laughs> thought, you know? That's a scary thought. Like, all that hard work is on someone else's platform. It's not on your platform. And I think, you know, you need to, we need to start creating our own website. Even, like, personally, I have my I have my business website, which is a proper more of a proper website because it's the e-commerce website. And then I just have a, a landing page. And I'm like, that's still enough. That is still enough, you know, just to be able to keep your keep your content there and, you know, keep it accessible and stuff. And it's like I think there's a huge push at the moment for which I'm seeing the the reason that Instagrammers again is dying and and content creators are realizing it is the growth of UGC which is user generated content um there's so many beauty influencers and so many content creators who are now producing directly for brands as opposed to using their own platforms because the engagement and the um and the app itself just isn't supporting content creators. It's supporting businesses. So people are going that way instead. They're like, okay, so you don't want to pay me to post stuff on my platform, but will you pay me for the video I make and you post it on your platform? Because you seem to be doing okay. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like I've heard people are actually enjoying it that way because there is definitely so much less stressful. It's so much and it's also, I feel some people. I, I can literally see anyone that I follow when it's those two letters ads first they've always got way less likes always got way less interactions I just think this it, it's tough yeah. so yeah making it so enjoying your process being paid or being creative and handing it over to them I think that's the best way yeah that's what I you think know, that is definitely ads. the way forward for content creators um just to create your content and and done in it like (laughs) thanks so much for listening i would love to know how you feel let me know if you're one of those people i mentioned early on you know are you creating are you feeling like you're on the hamster wheel are you still good like let me know if you're just enjoying the whole ride and you're not potentially attached to likes or profit i really want to know you know you're my listeners i'd love to know how many of you are creators and how many of you are more sort of consumers that just enjoy following people let me know what you think dm me over on instagram at beauty me podcast or you can tweet me at beauty me podcast email beauty me podcast at gmail.com let me know what you think 
do please rate and review the show wherever you like to listen and feel free to check out my personal account at Sharice underscore Kenyon or sign up for my newsletter at beautymenotes.substack.com. See you next time.